Good afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome to Covent Garden Talks this lunchtime. My name is Jeffrey Bridges, and I've been coming to Covent Garden Talks all seven or eight years by now. I think um, it's been a long it's been a long time, um, and it's um, honour and privilege to have been asked to speak to you all this lunchtime. And the subject I want to talk about this lunchtime is how should we respond to suffering? Now, I think it's fair to say that. Each one of us has suffered to some extent over the past 18 months with the COVID pandemic. Whether it's been our health, our work, our finances, or even just not being able to meet with our friends and family, being isolated. All of us have been affected by the pandemic to a greater or lesser extent. And maybe we know someone who has suffered particularly badly. Maybe it's a colleague, a friend, a loved one or other family member who has been affected very badly by the pandemic in whatever way. But the question is, how do we respond to suffering? Do we give in to despair, let it all overwhelm us, for, um, hide, hide, lock ourselves away? Do we put a brave face on it, pretend it isn't happening and go on as though everything is normal, stiff up a lip, keep calm, carry on and all of that? Do we get angry and look for someone to blame? whether it's other people, whether it's leaders, government? Do we blame God for it and ask why, if God is all powerful and all loving, is he allowing this suffering to happen? The Bible doesn't offer any easy answers to the question of why we suffer, but the Bible does help us to understand how we can respond to it. And in order to see this, I'm going to look at a man who knew what it was like to suffer greatly and how that man responded. I'd like to take a look at one of the, um, what we believe to be one of the earliest written books of the Bible. And it should be no surprise that this book, as I say, might be the earliest book of the Bible that has been written, is a book that's all about suffering. And the man and the book are named Job. Now, just to give you a bit of background, I'm not, I don't propose to, propose to read the whole of the book of Job. It's 41 chapters. We'd be here until midnight Saturday going through it but um, just to give you a brief bit of background Job was an extremely wealthy and successful man you just have to look at the opening paragraph of the book of Job and we learned that he had a large family he had a wife he had seven sons he had three daughters he had 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels 1,000 oxen 500 donkeys and enough servants to oversee them all he was fabulously wealthy he was fabulously successful he may have been pretty much the Jeff Bezos mixed with the Richard Branson of his day. But he's also a man of honesty and integrity, and he was called the greatest man in all the East. He had the kind of success and fame, pretty much I imagine everyone aspires to in some way. He had everything he could possibly want. And in one day, he lost it all. As we read through the, um, as we read through the first chapter of Job, we read that his oxen and his donkeys, all 1,500 of them, were stolen by foreign invaders. All but one of the servants set to look after those servants were killed. His sheep were burned in the great fire, again, all 7,000 of them. And again, only one of his servants survived to tell the tale. His camels, again, 3,000 camels were stolen by different foreign enemies. And again, one servant survived to tell the tale. And then just when you think things can't get any worse, his sons and daughters, are killed, are all killed in a disaster that destroyed the house they were partying in. 
In the space of one day, Job lost everything. And there's still worse to come. Later on, Job was afflicted with an illness, a bodily illness, and had sores and boils all over his body. It was so painful that the only way he could find relief from this was to scrape himself with a piece of broken pottery. Even his wife told him it would be better if he were to die. His wife despaired and blamed God. Again, we see how Job reacted. And then, just to add insult to injury, as we say, Job's three friends come to visit him. And we would expect Job's friends um, to support him, to offer emotional support, offer a shoulder to cry on. But even then, they turn against him. They tell him that what he's going through is punishment from God. Even his friends, even the people he thought he could rely on, turn against him. I don't think any of us have suffered like Job suffered, losing everything that we own, everything that we, all our health, all our wealth, all our possessions, our family in one day. But again, we can look and see how Job reacted to this. We see that Job has confidence in God. And when Job is at rock bottom, when he's at his very worst, he has these amazing words to say. And I'm going to share the screen here to give the reading from Job. This is from Job chapter 19, verses 23 to 26, when Job is at his absolute rock bottom. He says these words. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth. After my skin has thus been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Even when Job is at rock bottom, his confidence, his trust in God is unshakable. His wife had said, curse God and die. His um, friends had had said this was a punishment from God, but Job never blames God. In fact, Job's confidence in God is so strong that Job Job believes that God can redeem him or deliver him from his suffering. Job said here that he wants his words to be written down forever. And we are reading these words today. These are the words that Job wrote today, thousands of years later. This is his unshakable faith in God, that God can deliver him, bring him through the suffering. Now, as I said, Job never once blames God for what is happening. Job knows the character of God so well that he knows that God is worth trusting and having faith in. Job believes, Job Job has hope that goes beyond his suffering. Even to the extent that if Job dies, he believes that God is able to raise him back to life in resurrection. How can Job have that confidence in God, that confidence that God can deliver him, that confidence that God can raise him? As I say, Job knows the character from God. We've read that Job trusted in God so much that he knows the character of God. Well, if that's how Job responded and with that confidence in God, how can we have the same confidence in God? How can we have that same confidence that Job had, that even when we suffer, we can have our hope in God. We can have, we can learn about the character of God through the Bible. And the Bible tells us something interesting. The Bible tells us that God knows what it is like to suffer. We read in the Gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who is God in a human body. And we read that he suffered greatly in his life here on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ was born into a nation that was under the rule of the Roman Empire, not as a Roman, but as a Jew. We read that shortly after his birth, the king of Israel tried to kill him and he and his family had to flee to Egypt. We read that the Jews, his own countrymen, 
doubted the legitimacy of his birth, claiming that he was born, um, he was born illegitimately. His own family thought he was mad when he preached about the kingdom of God. He was mocked, he was ridiculed. The leaders of the day plotted his death and at least one attempt in his hometown was made to kill him. Ultimately, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends and he was tried in a kangaroo court. He was sentenced to death even though he was utterly innocent of any wrongdoing. He was found guilty of charges that were trumped up that had no basis. He was flogged and he died the most agonizing death possible in crucifixion, a death that was reserved for criminals. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered immensely. I'd say he suffered more than Job ever did. But ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ triumphed, rising from the dead and showing himself to be the ultimate redeemer. As I say, God knows what it's like to suffer. The Lord Jesus Christ knew it, knows what it's like to suffer. And really, that is why we can have hope in him, because um, we, because the only one who knows what it's like to suffer is worth trusting. And like Job, we can have hope beyond our suffering as well. At the end of Job's story, God blesses him as a vindication of his faith to show that his faith was not misplaced. At the end of Job's story, God appears before Job. We've been talking before the meeting about meteor showers, about stars in the sky, about the glory of creation. And Job sees something of that. God shows Job something of the glory of creation and shows Job that, yes, God is worth trusting. There may not be an easy answer to why we are suffering, but God is worth trusting. And we read at the end of the story that Job um, gets God blesses Job and Job receives twice the amount of livestock he had at the start. And again, he has seven sons and three daughters. Everyone around could see Job's faith and could see that he was justified in trusting in God. And if we have faith in God, if we trust in God as well in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will also be blessed, not necessarily in the same way as Job with wealth and family. But we can know um, we can know the hope of freedom from pain, of rest from pain of rest from suffering, of eternal life in heaven. As I said, when we, if we ask why do we suffer, there is no easy answer. But Job does teach us that God is worth trusting. God is worth having faith, having faith in. Job tells us that God can offer hope after suffering, rest after pain, and life after death. And really, it's only someone like that who is worth trusting in. People trust in doctors, people trust in leaders, people trust in, gov in government. But really, the, ultimately, these will all fail because they're only human. But if we trust in God, we can know that we are secure. We, can we know that God can deliver us from our suffering. So my question is, will you trust him? Will you, will you trust in the Redeemer God? If, you don't, if, you're here this if you're here this afternoon and you're just looking into these things, I encourage you to find out about him. I encourage you to... Read, to, read, um, to read the Bible, to read the Gospel of Mark, even if you have time, read the book of Job. You can really trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We can read about the Lord Jesus Christ, find out more about him and his love for us in the Bible. And doing so, we can have the same confidence in, as Job, who even in his suffering, even in the depths of his suffering, when he was at rock bottom, when everybody had turned against him, he could declare these words, I know that my Redeemer lives. So I'd ask the question, how can we, how should we, know, how should we respond to suffering? By trusting in the God who can offer hope beyond suffering. So my question to you today, this afternoon is, will you trust in God? And will you have faith in the Redeemer?